so I think it would be safe to say at this point, based on the episodes we've done, based on the evidence that we've presented on this show, that at the very least, the Vatican is hiding the true story of a lot of different things, whether it's very recently or whether it's something from hundreds, if not thousands of years ago, they're hiding the, the, the true origin and the true linear story. That's at the very least. At the very most, God knows what they know. God knows what they have in their possession with the different, not weapons, but tools or resources or technologies. And, <clears throat> excuse me, there seems to still be, based on the WikiLeaks email, some of them, there seems to still be a fairly strong connection between the Vatican and the United States government. People thought that was a thing of the past, and it may very well have been stronger back in the day, church and state kind of being merged as one, as they say, but it still seems to be something pretty prevalent, at least to the Democratic Party. Now, I'm not trying to get into politics, especially in this episode and especially on this show, because I think if I ever do that, then it would kind of defeat the purpose of what I'm trying to, of the message I'm trying to spread here. But ultimately, what we're going to be talking about today is something that was revealed through WikiLeaks that I know has a bit of a, depending on who you ask, a very bad name or a very good name. But first, let's talk about what WikiLeaks is. So very quickly, let me just say WikiLeaks was, and still is, technically, a website that was able to leak thousands, tens of thousands of classified emails from the DNC server, the Democratic National Committee server in the United States. With that being said, this was when Hillary Clinton was running for president, so clearly most of the emails will be would have been revolving or surrounding her. So Hillary Clinton had a campaign, I believe he was the head of her campaign, his name was John Podesta. Now, John Podesta, aside from Hillary Clinton herself, was essentially responsible for being with Hillary all the time, taking care of things that she was either too busy to do, or it was just a little bit beneath her, so to speak, I guess. But I'm trying to stay away from politics. I just wanted to, I felt it was necessary to give you guys the sort of origin of how WikiLeaks started before I got into it. So essentially, it was basically a bunch of classified emails that got leaked. Essentially, that's what it was. And people are still very upset about it to this day. Others are very happy. But anyways, so in those emails, there were multiple conversations between John Podesta and a man known as Edgar Mitchell. Now, who's Edgar Mitchell? Very simple. He was the sixth man to walk on the moon. That's it. Very simple. Worked for NASA. New stuff, obviously, being someone who walked on the moon. Knows things that maybe he can't speak about, but clearly he was comfortable enough to put this in an email with John Podesta. So, what he essentially said was that these aliens essentially understand where we are at our point in time in humanity and want to help us advance forward. And the reason why they understand where we are is because many thousands of years ago, if not tens or hundreds of thousands of years ago, they were at the same point where humans are now. Constant division, uh, greed, 
the sort of use of a of financial means in order to hold things back from the rest of society and all that. But anyways, an email apparently released, again, by WikiLeaks, revealed that ex-spaceman Edgar Mitchell wrote to John Podesta to tell him the Vatican knows extraterrestrials exist and want to share something called zero-point energy with us. Now, supposedly, these friendly aliens or at least this particular species of friendly aliens, want to help mankind lead better lives, but are afraid of our violent tendencies. And this is what's been said in the email. You can look this up. This is all public, by the way. So Mitchell, the sixth man to walk on the moon, also told Podesta a space war is imminent and said, because the war in space race is heating up, I felt you should be aware of several factors as you and I schedule our Skype talk. Now, the former NASA astronaut is also said to have revealed how benevolent aliens wish to share zero-point energy with people on Earth. But again, they're afraid that we're going to use it to our advantage and get too violent with it, which, to be honest with you, I can fully understand. I, I don't blame him one bit. So the technology would apparently open up the possibility of extracting free energy from empty space. However, Mitchell says that aliens are somewhat hesitant to engage with us and will not tolerate any form of military violence on the planet or in space. Now, let's break this down a little bit, because first off, what you heard a few seconds ago was the space race, or the space war, if you want to call it. This has to do directly with a topic that I've done a few episodes on in the past, about the secret space program. Actually, there being multiple secret space programs with different government agencies. And the thing about the secret space program is that it's not exactly broken down into, okay, Russia's got a secret space program, China's got one, the U.S. has one, and they're all competing. It really actually doesn't have to do with, with, uh, with different nations or countries, if you want to call it. And it, it's kind of surprising, but it really doesn't actually. What it has to do with is different factions of people creating different space programs that have different views on how this should be approached. And I've talked about this before, so I'm not going to go into super big depth into it right now. But ultimately, the concept is that there's communication with different species of aliens and different aliens have sort of supported, if you will, in a very diplomatic sense, the, these particular space programs. Certain races will support one program, other races will support another, and so on and so forth. Now, you can actually read his first email to Podesta, which actually mentions the, the, the Vatican and all things like that, which you can read on the, the WikiLeaks website, which hasn't been taken down. And you can also just Google it. There's also many copycat websites or whatever you want to call it. Now, John Podesta, it's key to note, was also an advisor to Barack Obama before he became the head of Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign. Now, in one of his emails, Edgar Mitchell mentions a lady named Terry Mansfield, who he describes as being, quote, the director of the Special Peace Force for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. Now, a possible meetup between Podesta and Mansfield is also allegedly mentioned to give them the chance to, quote, catch up on knowledge that the Vatican has about extraterrestrial intelligence. Now, let me just note that the Pope said, I think it was back in 2014, and he said it, again as well, I think a few years ago, two, three years ago, that 
it was kind of asked to him in a joking way, but this is kind of when you get the most serious answers in some cases, which I know you guys, the listeners and the, the viewers, can understand. Because the Pope was asked if he if an alien wanted to be blessed, essentially, would he do it? And the Pope said, Of course I would do it. He said, What just because he's a different life form doesn't make him below us or above us. And it was kind of answered in a joking way, but he was also kind of serious. I mean I wouldn't put it past this Pope or any other Pope really to, to, to bless this, well, especially this Pope, to bless an extraterrestrial. I mean, it kind of sounds funny, but when you think about it it, 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 it really isn't. And the reason I say that is because an extraterrestrial is a living organism just like we are. They're a living humanoid, a living thing. So what's, what would be the difference? And I know it was asked, I mean, what alien or ET would want to be blessed, but you get what I'm saying. Anyways, Edgar Mitchell is said to have claimed that alien life is the highest form of intelligence that works directly with God. Now, whether or not that's true, it's a little hard for me to say. Because, again, there's, there's an idea or a concept, and there's many different concepts of what the universe is made out of, at least to, to us, the, to humans. But there's an idea that we're living in a sort of simulation, if you will. And again, you have to define that word, and it's hard to say. Think of like the Matrix, for example. We're living in, ex in an extremely mathematically developed world, or universe, if you want to call it. And these aliens have such advanced knowledge that they understand the ways in which they can communicate with the creator, if you will, of such simulation or of this universe or dimension or whatever you want to call it. And the problem with using those words, guys, is that it kind of limits the way in which people think about this world. When you say simulation, unless you have a bit of a, an open mind, you kind of think very narrow-minded in a certain sense. And I say that not to disrespect anybody, but I say that because it's very important for people to open their eyes to what the word simulation means. Like when they say we're living in a simulation. I mean, scientists have admitted at this point there's literally a 50% chance. It's a 50-50 chance, they've said, that we are living in an, an extremely advanced computer simulation. Now, that may scare some people because some people might think that it may take away the concept and idea of free choice of being able to say that what we're doing right now as I'm speaking, as you're watching, and as we're moving, and as we go about our day-to-day -day lives, we don't have control of our actions even though we think we do. I mean, it, it brings up all these questions and it makes a lot of people feel very insecure, which I can understand, ultimately. But at the same time, we have to also think about what is God. If God is this one big living being of consciousness, so to speak, and it's a, God is not an actual person, if we assume that just for one second, then it would kind of make sense because as you understand the universe more, it's kind of like becoming closer to God. Now, I know that might sound a little bit cheesy, but when you really think about it, if God is, a, is everywhere or God is a living, conscious being, then being one with God or being one with the universe seems to be something that Edgar Mitchell is indicating to. Now, the next question then becomes, if we take a step back, why would Edgar Mitchell have this much access to such information? And why would John Podesta... Now, let's start with Edgar Mitchell. So first off, 
no one really knows what he's doing right now. It's not like he kind of retired from NASA and he's written a book and this and that. He's in the private sector. We can't, we can't even find out what company he's working for, which makes it very, very shady, which tells you he's probably still heavily involved in something to do with space. At the very least, UFOs or extraterrestrials. Okay? And the fact that he's emailing directly with John Podesta is extremely interesting. And that's another thing I want to mention. John Podesta is an American politician, and he's been in, the, in politics for his whole life, essentially. So for him to have some type of knowledge makes sense. And I, I, I do feel like, and I've mentioned this before, that when there's a shadow government or a government inside of a government, there are certain members of the government, of different parts and factions of the government that are let in on certain information that others are not whatsoever. And someone like John Podesta, who has dedicated his whole life to politics, essentially, would be one of those career politicians because he's not running for president where it's just a placeholder seat where in four or eight years he'll be gone or senator, a senator where in a, um, a handful of years he'll be gone. He's literally a career politician. That's his career. So he would be privy to certain information, maybe not the most, but a certain, a, a fair amount. Now, Podesta has also advocated the release of data in relation to Area 51 in the past and recently declared that he persuaded Hillary Clinton to disclose secret papers about UFOs, which tells you there are certain factions, I guess, of the intelligence community that no matter what, don't listen to the Constitution. I mentioned this before. Don't care. They're going to keep this secret as long as they can and for many different reasons. First off, because a lot of this technology can actually make humans self-reliant. So in a certain way, I guess it's good to keep it hidden in a very limited sense because you would kind of destabilize world economies and people wouldn't like it because a lot of things would become devalued overnight. But then in the other hand, on the other hand, you're also denying people the, the, the privilege or the right to know about a certain technology that would be able to make them self-reliant. To literally wake up in the morning and not need to worry about money because the, all these technologies can produce things like food and, and shelter and you can travel across space and, and money is not a factor anymore. And that's what I mean by destabilizing the, the world economy. I mean, not just, I'm not talking just about big oil, I'm talking about everything from medicine, from the med beds to, to travel, to transportation, to food, to shelter. I mean... To, to literally being able to run your TV without having to pay your, your bill to your cable provider. So it would li literally, in the most literal sense possible, it would affect every single form of industrial revolution and of business, essentially. Now again, yes, you could argue that much more money could be made if this technology was made public, because there, were, there would be certain people or companies that could do so, so much more with it. But again, that's too far-fetched. That's too, that's too much of a risk for these people to take, so they'd rather keep it secret, right? Now, what's interesting is that the mainstream media d won't mention this. They won't even touch on it. It's not like, they won't even bring it up in any of their segments. None of these news anchors from any news channel will bring this up. Why? I mean... Listen, it's not that hard to figure out. It's, it, it, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, this is a serious email conversation discussing zero-point energy and Podesta meeting with uh, having a Skype call with Edgar Mitchell. 
talking about different extraterrestrial technologies and the secret space programs and the secret space race. Come on. And the mainstream media won't cover it. They won't even acknowledge it. That's what's insane, which tells you that it's being hidden in plain sight, but at the same time, the media will not cover it. Now, yes, granted, from time to time, the media does cover for a handful of seconds, not even minutes, but seconds, very good UFO sighting footage. They did cover the Pentagon disclosure and acknowledgement of the UFO material and things like this and the crashed UFOs, but it's just a small step in relation to what they have, ultimately. So, again, what we're talking about is the marriage of church and state, the Vatican, the government, the United States government, and the knowledge that the Vatican has. Now, supposedly the Pope has also met with some extraterrestrials. Whether or not that's true and which Pope it was, I don't know. I can't say. So I'm not going to sit here and, and BS my way through it and just say, oh, the Pope met with this, this, and this. I'm not going to say that. If I find out down the road, then I'll know. But Edgar, and I will definitely bring it up on the show, but Edgar Mitchell supposedly has admitted to the fact that there's at least two, and we've heard different numbers from different former officials, that there are at least two alien races that want to bring peace and communicate and share zero-point energy with us, the human race, but they fear for our nuclear capabilities and our immediate jump to violence. So clearly we have much more of a temper than these alien species apparently do. So let me know what you guys think. If you think this is a load of crap or you think it's something to be taken very seriously and what you think about the Vatican, how much they know, maybe what they don't know, things that the U.S. government is keeping from them. And oddly enough, this, even though they're supposed to be classified, but this free open communication of emails between John Podesta and Edgar Mitchell. I mean, personally, guys, before I end this episode, I just want to say quickly, if I'm, if, I, if I'm privy to this kind of information, even if I know the emails are classified and there's a good chance they won't get out, there's no way I'm going to email about this. I mean, yes, okay, I guess it's a form. If one person's on one side of the world and one guy's on the other trying to run a, a, a presidential campaign, fine, I, I, I guess. But you'd think there'd be a bit more of a discreet way to email about this stuff you know unless there's a, a, a bigger plan at play that i'm not seeing here but anyways let me know what you guys think because it's extremely interesting and we will catch you guys next time peace